privilege? Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. I can handle things. I'm smart. This is Armstrong and Getty. Pretty damn cool. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Mailbag. Oh, you know what? I forget. Hang on a second. There it is. Got to get my freedom-loving quote of the day from Winston Churchill. Uh, how about this one? Uh, you know, we went with the main vice of capitalism is the uneven distribution of prosperity. The main vice of socialism is the even distribution of misery. This one related, you don't make the poor richer by making the rich poorer. Although you kind of do if you just confiscate people's money and give it to other people. Let's see. I, I like this one. We contend that for a nation to try to tax itself into prosperity is like a man standing in a bucket and trying to lift himself up by the handle. Now to the correspondence proper. I don't think that would work. <laughs> I think Churchill would agree with you. Be really strong, I think. Uh, unbelievably strong. He would agree, looking like the albino pug that he was. Jay writes, thanks for keeping people sane. You're welcome. Uh, There's truth that we bankrupted the old Soviet Union into oblivion during the arms race under Reagan. Well, looks like the Chinese are going to do the same to us without firing a shot and with help from our elected senile crooks. Troubled times ahead, my fellow Americans. And when Americans face tough times, what is the first thing we do? We cast Nicolas Cage to play Tiger King and watch people pee their pants on TikTok. Thou art doomed, Iago. <laughs> Did wow. you s- throwing in a little Shakespeare at the end? Did you see the feature on Tucker last night about the way Hollywood bends to China's will? We'll have to talk about that later. I did not see that Very in good. particular. Also, did you know there was a full super flower moon today? Stop with your fake moons. Did you see the moon this morning? It was extraordinary. It's a sign that we're returning to normalcy. Flew super shiny and disc-like in the sky. A full know. super flower moon. Wow. Well, that's a moon. Super. Flower. Uh, 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 press writes, Lion Fake News Media again, and sends uh, side-by-side screenshots of a story about people uh, returning to the beaches in Florida with a story, one CNN, the other a news site, I don't know, uh, people returning to the beaches in uh, Huntington Beach, California, and it's the same picture of the same people wearing the same clothes. Now, I understand what a... Uh, stock photo is you know if you're doing a feature on couples find uh, you know kissing brings sure. them closer right, and then you yeah. have a just a couple of you know obesity in america you can show any fat person from any time if you want to right it but if you matter. are doing a specific news story about a specific place and the picture is precisely what you're reporting on. You can't use stock photos. Well, have you seen any of the websites where they go through the 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 games photographers are playing with some of these stories? It's really interesting. I have not. That sounds interesting. I'll have to I'll have to find one and then we should link it because the, the you have probably seen on the news pictures where people aren't social distancing. And they take a picture from the front with the the, the right uh, lens that, that takes mm-hmm. away depth perception. Right. And then somebody else takes a picture from the side and everybody's standing six feet apart. Wow. But the picture from the front it looks like everybody's crowded together. God, there's so much dishonesty. And and I hate to breed it. I hate to be part of it, partly because Vlad Putin loves the idea of we don't believe anything and become bitter and cynical in this country. But it's difficult to take even the most vaunted of our media sources seriously these days. 
Uh, Mark, with a nice note, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on a phrase that seemed to gain traction during the Kavanaugh days. Credibly accused. Yeah. I'm not hearing that thrown around quite so loosely with Biden, but I f- it's a reprehensible phrase. Uh, it is. It is a, it is editorializing, masquerading as news reporting. Credibly accused. That's the entire question before us. Well, it's been replaced with strongly denied. As long as you strongly denied it, the accusation goes away, apparently. Well, and it reminds me of claimed without evidence, which they apply to one side, but not the other. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Our premise is you have nothing but time on your hands. Exactly. So How do things. you kill time during yeah, the coronavirus no. lockdown? Right. Finally I'm read, so bored. Finally read Infinite Jest. Uh, I don't I've, know that. I've started that. A, oh, David Foster Wallace, who killed himself, right? Uh, I've started it a couple of times and not made it through. It is like, for 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 a certain crowd, it is the book you've got to read. What's it's, it suppo- what's it? Involving uh, commercialism, phoniness, modern world, modern America, okay. that sort of thing. Oh, no, uh, it sounds good to me. But it, yeah, yeah, it's 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 in my wheelhouse. That's why I've tried to start it a couple times. It's like a thousand pages, though. Well, I, I think that's the point of this item. Read Infinite Jest, Les Miserables, or even The Stand, or go all in and read Ulysses. You got this. No, you don't. You do not have it in you to read Ulysses. You don't Forget have it. Ulysses. You don't. No, Go ahead, give no. it a whirl. Yeah, yeah. You tell, tell us how it goes. You tell me you read a page, a full page, and understood what the hell was happening. You tell me that. <laughs> now, if if it was like a semester-long college class where they'd help you to comprehend the mother scratcher, there are books, okay, maybe. There are books you can buy, because I bought them, that are companion pieces to Ulysses. You have to have open at the same time. I have to read a second book? While you're reading the first book. Uh, I'm out. Including, it- like, the first paragraph... Paragraph one, Buck Mulligan comes down the stairs. Look it up. That's what it is. I've read the book enough times. Wait, there's a character the named Buck Mulligan? Yeah, I've started at the beginning enough times. I know how it starts. But then i got to read like three paragraphs about the one paragraph I've just read to have any idea what just happened. And, Sean, if you still don't understand that paragraph, you got to get this third book <laughs> oh, that explains man. the second book. <laughs> Right. It's like the woman who swallowed the frog to kill the fly <laughs> yeah. thing. It's very it's much like a lot like, like that. That's and right. And it's considered the best book of the, one of the best books of all time, the best book of the 20th century, and it's impenetrable. I think the, the people with PhDs are just jerking us around. <laughs> right. <laughs> they right. haven't read it. They don't understand it. They know we can't get through with it. Makes them feel like they're better than us. And because we can't get through it, we can never call them right, on their right. not knowing it. Yeah, it's the perfect crime. <laughs> and everybody knows the cat in the hat was the greatest book of the 20th century. Right. Thing one, thing two. Drama, man. Oh, dude. I've had serious goldfish. arguments with people that actually The Giving Tree is the greatest book ever written. It's a fine book. Yeah. It's a fine book. It's no cat in the hat. <laughs> uh, number nine thing you can do. This is on a list of 100, folks. Meditate. This is actually a good idea. And they explain briefly how to meditate. If there's one thing I could change about myself, it would be that, because I think if I do that, it would change a thousand other things about myself. If I would regularly meditate, and I've I've started so many times, similar to Ulysses, I don't get very far. Yeah, man, I I got serious for a while about that, then just kind of drifted away from it. Um, But yeah, got to get back to it. I, I had this little booklet called Meditation for Dummies. Let's start with, quit calling me a dummy. <laughs> Maybe I'd be able to... F- you call meditate. me a dummy. <laughs> Maybe I'd be so able to meditate if I wasn't sitting here being insulted. <laughs> yeah, I have friends who swear by it, say it'll change your life. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. 
you start meditating and 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 successful people have known that don't don't worry about the right music, the right books, the right chair, the right sitting position. Those are all no, things no. that stop you from doing it. No, don't bother. Just do yeah. it. Yep. Uh, number ten: face masks, moisturizers. Oh my! Treat yourself to a ten step get hmm? ten step skincare routine you don't have time for during a normal work week. Well, I'm not going to do any of that, but I will tell you that as a man in my middle age now, I'm I'm forty fifteen. Um. I have started like doing stuff skin wise that I've never done before. Moisturizing, it just yeah, it just doesn't well, heal. Lipstick, <laughs> well, lipstick, rouge, really tartan it up. Just horish. I've been meaning to talk to you about your eyeliner. <laughs> I like it heavy. I like it Billy Joe Armstrong heavy. I'm so troubled. Uh, number eleven. Look at pictures of puppies, or swap uh, dog related memes all day long with my daughter. She's hilarious. Keeps them coming. Uh, let's see. Number 12 is put together the most attractive charcuterie board possible, but you can only use foods you already have in your fridge and cupboard. What the, was that word? I don't know what that means. It's like your meat and cheese uh, variety Char- pack. Charcuterie? Charcuterie. Hmm. Si, senor. At your fancy French. places, often served with wines and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. You get a, a few sausages over here, like uh, several pieces of this cheese and that cheese and the other cheese and few olives, maybe a couple of almonds. Right? I ain't eating any nice. olives, but the other part sounds good. You don't like your anti-olive? Oh. What about the black ones you can put on your fingers? Disgusting. As a kid, I ate a lot of olives. I'd drink the juice. I'd eat the olives. Drink so just, the juice. Yeah. I loved olives. And then somewhere I went south on them. Oh, I love olives. Delicious. Ugh. The Kalamata, my personal favorite. Uh, let's see. Take note from Tangled star Rapunzel, who has an entire song about how she spent her days alone in a castle. Activities included in her song, her ditty, ventriloquy, candle making, paper mache, and adding a new painting to her gallery. Mm. That's don't, charming. Don't do the ventriloquist one. That's We've been doing a little of that around the house, believe it or not. Ventriloquy? Because I tried to learn it as, as one of the many things. I, I, w- I really wanted to be in showbiz. I tried magician for a while. I tried ventriloquist for a while, so I got a dummy, and I got the book, and I read about it, and and uh, so my my kids and I work on that. It's all about, you know, instead of saying a P, you say a T, because you can say a T with your teeth like this, and the substitute for a T. You're kind of a dick. <laughs> oh, you're really good. <laughs> I can't drink a glass of water or anything, but. Well, the minute you start, I'm going to yell, which one's the dummy? You, you, do a, you do a D, you do a D for a B, for instance. I know all the tricks of ventriloquism. That's dull <laughs> <laughs> See, that worked pretty well. Oh, come on. That's a load of dull. Yeah. Let's see. Write actual letters to family and friends. After that, write thank you notes to service people who you remember went out of their way for you. Now, that is a good one. Yeah. That, that one I actually like. I occasionally come across uh, celebrities, political figures, uh, writers, whomever, who uh, actually handwrite notes. And I admire the hell out of it, and it fills me with guilt. But I know, even as I'm filled with guilt, I'm never going to do that. Right. Indeed. I find handwriting painstaking, for one thing. Expressions of gratitude are far too rare in, in modern oh, society yeah. today. Thank you for contributing that, Sean. You're welcome, Joe. See, that made me feel good. Yeah, that's A nice. lot of the people I've, that, I, that I'm aware of that did thank you notes all the time have people, had staff. If I had the sort of people, I'm thinking of George H.W. Bush was famous for that. He would do it. Ten times a day, every everywhere he went, everything he did, you know, he jot a little piece of paper. I think that was really nice you to do, but but if you got if you got somebody sitting next to you who's then gonna see because this is the hard part. Take that piece of paper, 
get it into an envelope and get it to the right person. Well, then, yeah, I do a lot of freaking thank you notes. Yeah, just I can jot down the thank you notes. I can I have the, I can do the feeling, but I just I can't get it to somebody. Of course, I uh, I'm left-handed. I have the devil's malady, so that makes it even harder. And finally, learn calligraphy. YouTube can help. I've never had any desire to learn calligraphy. I did that too. Did you? Oh yeah. I don't know if it's because I lived in rural winter states or what, but all these kind of things I did. I had a calligraphy set and a book, and I practiced. I'm not anti-calligraphy. I'm I'm just I'm impressed by people who can do calligraphy, but I am not at all motivated to be like you know what I should try that out. Yeah, I liked it. I was really into it for a while. I had a sign on my uh, door written in. uh, Fancy, fancy words with my fancy, fancy pen. I wonder whatever happened to all that stuff. Probably got sold at a garage sale for two cents. Uh, could How about be. Yeah. <laughs> now, How about if I give it to you just to get it out of here? Now there's a font uh, on your computer, right? Yeah. A calligraphy font, is there? I don't know. I I'll, got my I'll, laptop I'll in front of me. I bet that there is. I only use wingdings. <laughs> oh, you weren't here the day that I was reading from the New York Times who said the emojis are the, the worst thing that ever happened in communication. That's an idiotic notion. <laughs> I'm going to send you the angry-faced emoji for that. <laughs> Is that the red one with his eyes are squeezed shut? Right, depends. And there's the one with that, but then obscenities coming out of your mouth, too. That's mm-hmm. really angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Communicates thousands of words in a single, simple picture. It's right. brilliant. Michael, I think we need transition music. in the backyard yesterday out with my beautiful wife and my beautiful dog and uh and and i decide to go in i got to get back to work get ready for this fine radio program and i open our sliding glass door in the back and something flies by my head i'm thinking what was that the biggest butterfly ever whatever it was a bat we have lots of bats in our backyard but generally just at sundown you know twilight they'll start coming out and flying around eating bugs and stuff like that um, and I like bats. I think I they're really interesting. I grew up in bat country at about sundown when we'd be shooting baskets. There's always bats everywhere. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, but so this thing flies by me, and, and they're like, oh, no, because we've had birds fly in our house before, and it can take hours to get them out. <laughs> I remember my wife chasing they a bird. crap everywhere. <laughs> my kids remember when they were little because it stands out in their mind is one of those crazy memories of mom ch- chasing a bird around the house with a broom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this a bat is flying around, and we're, we're running around. I don't open. want a bat in my house at all. <laughs> first first of all, we decide we got to get Baxter into the master bedroom um, because we have to fire all the doors open to get this thing to fly out. Oh. And so we're kind of following it around, keeping an eye on it, and it'll fly right by us. And yeah, red eyes. And then, oh yeah, dripping blood from its fangs, yeah. its enormous fangs, <laughs> from uh, all the blood sucking. The the wingspan of this thing is probably four or five inches. It was a small bat, as it turns out, juvenile bat. Um, but things flying around, we can't get it to fly out a door. It just keeps going higher and fl- flapping about. And suddenly, it lands finally in the dining room, and um, and it's just sitting there on the floor. And I like would go at it with the broom. I mean, just like close to it to get it to fly out because it was six feet from wide open double doors. It's probably tired. Well, exactly. But I couldn't. Is this bat exhausted? Or I'm not a bat expert. We're about to seek its rabies fangs into your neck. Well, exactly. Or is it sick? Bats don't generally land in the middle of dining room floors. Well, toward the edge and just lay there. So I'm thinking, Dinner table events. I know this is, I know rabies is a thing with bats, and it really, really is, and stay tuned for that. But so um, I tell Judy, all right, I'm going to go get the, the pool skimmer net. Um, good idea. I'll, I'll scoop up the bat. That's a good one. We'll send it outside. 
Um, but unfortunately, while I uh, scrambled out and got back, the thing crawled under our big old like china cabinet thing mm. that since we're not millennials, we have a big old piece of furniture and china we never use in it. Not to mention knickknacks and memorabilia and, and the, the mugs her dad, the CB made in the Philippines during World War II, World War II and stuff. I'll explain to you how he made them someday. It's really interesting. But um, anyway, so the thing crawls under there. And so I get a flashlight. I'm crawling around. We can't see the thing anymore. It's like it's hanging under the like the structure of this big china cabinet thing. And it's huge. It's two parts. crazy heavy. And so so I finally I call the county. And they say they'll send the gal from Animal Control. Batwoman, we have a minute left. I can't finish this story. Um. Anyway, so oh, I really, there's no time now. There is no time to finish this story. Give us a good tease about the blood and the screams, and we'll hear the end. Um, I'm now dating. I'll just say that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, <laughs> Judy that's, ran away in terror that's and a, said, that's a left turn and said, I will not live in this house of horrors. Dating during a pandemic. Wow. And she, uh, she's left. No, but I did find out, I did find out something about bats and people and dogs that will shock you. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's no joke. So anyway, uh, how, how we resolved the terrifying bat menace. Coming up right after the commercial. I see the break. fang marks in your neck. I mean, you should have wore a turtle. Well, neck those or something are just today. the ones you can see. I shouldn't have chased him naked. That was my first mistake. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Previously on Joe Fights the Bat. <laughs> bat got into my house. And uh, and we, we tried to get it out, and it wouldn't, and it landed. I went to get a net while I was getting the net, and Judy was on surveillance duty watching it. It crawls under this big old china cabinet thing we got in our dining room. And so were you dedicated to the idea of capturing it as opposed to, like, clubbing it? Because you went to get a net. Oh, yeah. I was just going to capture it and turn it loose. You didn't want to kill it? No, I didn't want to kill it. I mean, number one, it'd be a bloody mess in my house. And number two, why do I want to kill the bat? I just... Uh, I don't. This is my house. (laughs) I guess so. Castle doctrine. Nearly one quarter of all mammal species are bats. Back to you, Joe. That can't be true. That's a fascinating bat fact, Positive Sean. Are you saying this website, habitatforbats.org, is wrong? Wow, that's astonishing. Yeah, make you stop and think. So anyway, uh, the thing crawls under the cabinet, and then we realize, we look under there, it's gone. It's crawled, like, up into the base of it. And and it's hiding there in the dark like a bat. Waiting for you to go to sleep. Right. Yeah, oh, well, actually, that factors in. But anyway, mm. so we realize, okay, uh, we, we got to call animal control because this thing might be rabid. We got Baxter, our dog, locked in the bedroom. And and um, and, and we realize, all right, first thing we got to do is empty this stupid thing because we might have to move it and all. So Judy and I just totally empty it, all the drawers, the cabinets, the the glass shelves and all, and we just put the stuff anywhere we can find a, a spot. And uh, and then the uh, animal control gal gets there, uh, a terrific lady, by the way, really nice. Um, and, and we look in, we're crawling, we can't see it. We can't see the thing under there. And we realize, okay, we've now got to dismantle this big piece of furniture and then, like, tip it up and flush the thing out and, and, and try not to get bit or whatever. And 
I'm just healing from tearing a muscle in my my forearm, and I'm not supposed to do anything strenuous because I got this other health thing going on. So I'm thinking, what the hell's what, what the? So luckily, Judy says you ought to call my friend Costa, who is uh in is very fit guy, he's really into fitness, and um and actually quite a bright guy too, but which helped. So he says, oh, that's funny. I was just going to the store. I'm 30 seconds from your house. So he zooms over, shows up, and we decide, yeah, we're going to dismantle this entire piece of furniture. Wow. Which we do, and 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 with with his help, and then we we take the thing, the the big the base of the cabinet outside, and we all stand back a little as we tip it up and tip it up, and there's no bat there, <laughs> and the animal control lady's looking at us like, what the hell? What are you? What what, what? all this build up? There's no bat under here. We're looking. No, I swear to God, there was a bat. Here. Okay, a- Joe, you're seeing bats. Right, exactly. I think that joke may have been made. <laughs> Imaginary bats, huh? And so we're looking, what the hell? And I think, wait a minute. We At no point was there nobody in the room after the bat crawled under the china cabinet. Okay. We surveilled China. it. China. We, we stood guard. <laughs> That's right, sir. Fancy dishes that there's no reason for. Um, but so I think, well, wait a damn minute here. I will not be made to look like a crazy person. So I go back in and I start looking around. And sure enough, we'd, we'd put, you know, this, that and the other taken off the cabinet, like in the corner of the room, about a foot from where the cabinet used to be. And I see that little bastard. During all the fracas, had crawled out from under the thing, and was hiding, hiding in there, or hiding in the stuff. A single little brown bat can consume more than one thousand mosquitoes in an hour. Well, that's wow. why you want one around. Then. Oh yeah, 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 love them. So anyway, uh, the nice uh, animal control lady put on her gloves and and used our pool net and 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 got the bat and released it in the backyard and the rest of it as it snarled and hissed and showed its fangs. No, nah. and this thing was about the size of my thumb. I mean, the, the wingspan was probably four or five inches, but um, she got rid of it. Uh, and so all's well that ends well, although we didn't have to dismantle that whole big giant damn thing, as it turns out, because the thing had already scooted over somewhere else. Um, but she said, thing didn't tussle with your dog, did it? And I said, no, no, we, we shut him away as soon as it came in. She said, if your dog is up to date on its rabies shots, it's quarantined for 30 days. 30 days? If it, especially if they can't catch the bat, kill it and test it, then it's quarantined for 30 days. If your dog is not up to date on rabies vaccines, six months Jeez. of quarantine. And she's, I said, where? She said, well, we work with people on how to build a kennel in their garage. And I'm like, a dog as bright as Baxter or really any dog. He's going to be miserable. He's oh, going to yeah. be heartbroken. Oh, yeah, he's family. going to be think he's tossed out of the herd. Oh, yeah. Your family dog all of a sudden uh, living in the garage in a crate for six months, it would, it would ruin him. Yeah. Well, and then she said, and the other thing is, if it's in there at night while you're asleep and you figure that out, everybody get has to get tested. The dog has to be quarantined and the rest of it because bats will come into your bed with you. And you'll never have any idea. So everybody might be exposed. Do they have to bite you to get the rabies, or just no, a scratch, anything, um, any sort of? And I didn't ask like a dander or whatever, or if it just spits on you out of spite. Um, but uh, you call that a bedspread? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Millennials don't have bed spreads or China. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, it's no joke to have a bat in your house, mm. especially if you have a dog or kids or whatever. So how Zam call the call the county. I'd Biff. rather I'd rather have Batman in my house than that damn bat. Huh? Yeah, nasty. So your uh, your wife's got a really fit guy. She calls when there's problems. Interesting. Yeah, and kind of had his name right on the tip of her tongue. <laughs> and he just happened to be just right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. And he was wearing one of my shirts. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't raise any alarms at all. <laughs> yeah, and he's just, I said, uh, hey, come on in. It's in the dining room. We knew where to go. Yeah. It was weird. Oh, yeah. Strangest thing. <laughs> I need to use the bathroom. It's a, yeah, I know where it is. <laughs> Boy. Most hey. bats cannot take flight from the ground. They must drop two or three feet before they can fly. I found that really interesting. That is. Huh. So they got to climb up on something to jump off to fly. It's like a, t- a turtle version of when they're on their back. Like, I don't know if a, if that bat just gets on the ground. Are they just walking the rest of their maybe, life? Maybe that's why the little bat, yeah. which was not sick. He was a juvenile. He was exhausted. Uh, maybe that's you why child? he was just sitting there. You yeah. child. You bat child. Accidentally land on the ground. You just got to walk until you find a cliff. All right. Finally, freedom. <laughs> Yeah, not a lot of cliffs where I live. That's interesting. Yeah, thanks for those fun bat facts, Positive Sean. Yeah, those are good bat facts, Sean. That was some excellent producing right there. Michael, how about some transition music? Have you ever rented a place? Have you? Yeah, me too. Several places. And uh, if you've ever been a renter, you know there are great landlords, there are fine landlords, and then there are the, the predatory scumbag types. I went through my whole career as a guy who rented just assuming I'll never get a deposit back because that just seemed like a scam to me. Yeah. That they're not going to even... What do you mean? It's just like when I moved in. No, the carpet seems like... All right, whatever. I know. I know. Well, my uh, my daughter and three of her roommates rented this place in their college town and great location, nice place and all, uh, reasonable rent. Everybody was super happy about it. Turns out they have the predatory landlord who's trying to pull all sorts of crap. So I've been fighting them. I actually uh, flexed my full, almost went to law school muscles and, and researched a bunch of, um, uh, it's, it happens to be in the state of Virginia, but um, I did a bunch of research about uh, rental law in Virginia and sent a long, detailed met, uh, letter citing chapter and verse, because we're actually on the lease, um, about why what they were trying to do is illegal and unethical. And, and and then I said in a personal note, you have the perfect renters. They will respect your property. They will treat it like it's their own. They will pay their rent absolutely every month. This is a terrible idea. To, uh, let's have a friendly relationship. And they wrote back, go to hell, pay the money, or we'll take it out of the security deposit. So I'm going to get in touch with the various uh, rental uh, protection places in in the commonwealth and see what i can do i mean i'm not going to go scorched earth over a relatively small amount of money but i won't i won't be bullied and i won't have them be bullied by just incredibly unscrupulous people I bet that pretty works they, pretty they good. moved in the, one of the appliances died almost immediately the repairman comes in the landlord's saying you got to pay for this and the repairman says, no, this is a pre-existing condition. This thing's been going to hell for months, or for years, rather, even though they were told the appliances were new, and now they want them to pay a, a deductible on getting the repair done. They want the girls to pay. It's like, no freaking way. I'll bet that works all, pretty well, though, because, you one, you're dealing with young people who don't have life experience to know how to deal with it. Uh, and two, probably in a lot of cases, it's just mom and dad send a check for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 
And so you just, I'll yeah. bet that works a lot. Yeah. I, I'm so mad at myself because I missed it. At the very, very end of the lease, in microscopic print, in a section that dealt with something else, it said there's a $100 deductible for all repairs. And I talked to a friend of mine who owns a bunch of rental properties. He said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So my tenant here is dripping behind the wall. They're not going to call me if they don't have $100 to spare. Sure, oh, yeah. And so little problems turn into giant problems. He said that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in a lease. I've never heard of it, but it it seems uh, like it would be counterproductive. Yeah, so I'm a little fired up about this, and I'm going to be pursuing some sort of aid, and we're going to uh, give them a stiff arm. Oh, pulls another maneuver. The girls mentioned, hey, the guy uh, cutting the lawn. I probably shouldn't be revealing all this on the air. Oh, go ahead. All right, Michael, if I have your permission. <laughs> they, they, the girls told the property manager, hey, the guy who's supposed to be doing the lawn did a terrible job the other day. It's like he didn't even care. And so uh, the, the property manager said, all right, that's it. I fired him. You don't like it? I'll get rid of him. Fine. You find somebody to do it. You line up a new contractor. The girls are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. It says in the lease, you're supposed to deal with that? It's just awful, unethical people. I want to hurt them. Those people exist in the world. Yeah, I know they do. It's almost it's a, always shocking it, when I run into them. Like, why? Why? Why you got to be this? You know, it's probably worth the money for the life lesson that their girls are learning. Sure. If something smells kind of funky, if a person strikes you as there's something weird going on here, trust that instinct. Remember that she's tangled with the wrong wildcat, though. I'll tell you that. Huh? <laughs> Somebody almost went to law school. Wow. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is best of Armstrong and Getty. In order to take no deal off the table. Order. Order. Very rude for members. Order. 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 I say to the Chancellor of the Duchy. That when he turns up at our children's school as a parent, he's a very well-behaved fellow. He wouldn't dare behave like that in front of Colin Hall, and neither would I. Don't gesticulate, don't rant, spare us the theatrics, behave yourself, be a good boy, young man! So is he screaming at Bojo at Boris Johnson? Is that who he's talking to? Or? No, I no. think some other guy. The Chancellor of Duchy? I wish I was that. Sounds like satisfying work. <laughs> we got one more clip from Boris Johnson where he was really uh, laying it on thick and dramatic as they we, do. We think that the friends of this country are to be found in Paris and in Berlin and in the White House. And he thinks that they're in the Kremlin and in Tehran and in... And in Yeah, bull, bull crap. Oh, God. What an interesting way to run things. We had one person yell at the president years ago, you lie, and it is the, the, the world came to a halt. What? Everybody peed their pants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out he was lying. What do you know? Uh, yeah, what's the, what's the benefit of that? Have you ever heard any learned commentator you know, discussing that? It's hilarious. Well, okay. <laughs> No, yeah, I. it seems to me that it just ends up favoring people that are quick-witted and have loud voices, which is not the best way to make policy. Does it do you any good, though? I mean, 
is there any is there any point in it or is it just something that happens you know what i mean right i don't know and i don't i don't know either i have only a vague idea of how their system works honestly and you probably have to spend a lifetime studying it from what I've, you know, the more I learn, the less I know. I, brought, I mentioned earlier my son is at the, uh, the the stage in fourth grade where they get to pick out musical instruments and everybody's going to take a whack at it. And based on my experience, about two-thirds of them will, uh, well, about a third will quit within a month. Another third will quit at the end of the year. And you'll have about a third that will play on through, uh, you know, their school career. Um, at least that's the way it worked at my school. And that and, third will realize the Asian kids are way, way better, and they'll quit at the end of high school. And I did it from fifth grade all the way through my senior year, and I just kept doing it. It was just momentum. I never, oh, I'll read this text. Played trumpet for nine years in school. Good at it. No joy or appreciation, though. That's kind of the way I was. Not a lot of joy or appreciation. I just did it. Um, played bass in a bar for two months. Had girls yelling free food and got paid. <laughs> I took the road more traveled. Yeah, I you know I played and worked hard at playing the trombone. Don't play the clip, Michael. Don't play it. Um, and then then tuba and other things. And you know it was satisfying in a way. But I mean, even like the performances, you got to put on your your uni or your your black pants and your hard shoes and your white shirt or whatever, and go off to some band contest and ride on the bus. And sometimes it was kind of fun with your friends. But it, you know. You end up in some other school for eight hours, and your kids, your parents slept along. And then, you know, I started playing rock and roll, and there I was in bars late at night. People buying me drinks. There's, you know, uh, chicks allegedly, um, and and it's just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> does does the world need one more rock and roll bass player, uh, or or a beautiful symphony orchestra more? Well, the yeah. question is not what the world needs. That is own- to me. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> For your own enjoyment, I don't know. Yeah, well, I wish I'd uh, taken on the cello like your son is. He settled on the cello, right? Because you get to sit. Right. Yeah, um, and it's I all... wish I'd taken that on because that'd be a good, you know, bridge to playing bass, which I did. Well, it's all stringed instruments. I guess I the do. theory is uh, because they're super hard to play. You know, there are yeah. no frets on them. It's all about ear training. I guess that's what they're after. But I just I have some concern that it'll be too difficult to get any enjoyment out of. Because, you know, other instruments you can play and, you know, you can make a tune out of them pretty easily. Right, right. I mean, you press down a valve on a trumpet. Maybe it's going to be a little flat, a little sharp, but it's going to be the note. Yeah. Yeah, with a a stringed instrument, no frets. Yeah, I I will tell you this. It will be astonishingly astonishingly off-putting for you and your bride, (laughs) especially in the early days. I mean unmusical doesn't begin to describe how terrible it will be. Right, right. Um, uh, the tone itself will be painful. At least it's a lower <laughs> pitch than the violin. True that. Because the violin has got that high <laughs> sound, and the cello will be more of <laughs> So I don't think I can handle that. Yeah, the, the violin sounds like somebody ran over a cat. The cello's more body noise-ish. <laughs> More groany. Well, that was, I think that was, you know, the saving grace for my parents because I played trombone. It was more flatulent Mm. than like a badly played trumpet, which is a a shrieking nightmare. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And I was talking the other day about how you get older. You, you don't, you don't realize the last time you've ever done something when you're younger until you get older. Remember last, was it this summer or last summer? Was it this summer that I crawled down the diving board at the pool? Or last summer. Oh, man. Where I was going to yeah. go off the diving board, and I got out there right. on the end, the high dive. And right. I got out there on the end, and it occurred to me, 
you haven't been on a diving board in 35 years. <laughs> and uh, and then I thought, what if the cold water gives me a heart attack and I die? So oh, I, that I, happens. I asked the lifeguard, well, my age, well, you know how many other guys my age were on the diving board that day or any other day? <laughs> any other day? None. Yeah. Or anybody even close. So when I asked the lifeguard, can I climb back down? She kind of laughed and said, yeah. And all the kids had to climb down the ladder. And I, oh, I no. shuffled back. <laughs> But you don't realize that the last time I was on a diving board as a senior in high school, probably, I didn't think, well, this is the last time I'll ever do this. The la- I played the trumpet almost every day for eight years, something like that. And I played my last note as a senior in high school at some point. I don't remember when. And have never touched a trumpet since. And for that, the world is grateful. Yeah, and a lot of other things that you do. Just, oh. It's just funny how the life works. Yeah, and you, you don't know it at the time. That's bittersweet, man. That's that's melancholy. Did the kids at the pool recognize that as a sign of weakness and take your popsicles later on in the afternoon as well? How about we could just take that guy's money? Right. How about we could drive his car around the parking lot? Hey, hey, give me your keys. Yeah. The guy has no stones. Please stop. Please stop driving my car. I need to go home. Shut up, old man. <laughs> wow. Well, this is how this is how the young gorilla takes the harem from the old gorilla. <laughs> You're lucky they didn't pound you over the head with their mighty furry fists. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong.